book of Jonah. The book of Jonah. The Baptist book. Amen. Amen. Book of Jonah, chapter 1. Let's stand together while we read, please. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Now we're in verse 3 right now, chapter 1. But Jonah rose up to flee under Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the side of the ship. And he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. They said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. Now here's an outline, preachers, you might care to jot down, and the Lord may let you use it sometime. It's all right here in the verse. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? Now there's the outline. And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tiptious. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempious against them, wherefore they cried unto the Lord, and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not up on us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Brother Fred, lead us in prayer.
our Father. Thank you. You may be seated. I think it goes without saying that Jonah is, or was rather, in the position of many today in the very hour that we're now living in. I think all will agree that Jonah was in a backslidden condition. Now, we can't be too uh, rough on the man because I wonder sometimes how that I would have performed or how I would have acted if God had have commanded me and sent me to the same task that he sent Jonah to. I wonder, too, if I had not a, would have, I not have trembled and have quaked when I would have saw the task before me. Evidently, Jonah knew of the condition of that city. And let me describe it uh, uh, just a small bit so you can fathom just a little bit more about it. It was not just a one-horse town. It was not just a hick uh, city or anything of that kind. It was a great metropolis. One historian said that the walls around the city was sufficiently wide that three horse-drawn chariots could have run hub to hub at full speed and have had sufficient room without fearing of falling off. There was a huge amount of people in that city. Someone has said that it possibly had 600,000 people. That's the same size of Jacksonville, Florida. It was a city supposed to have been that large. And Jonah, a preacher, God said, Jonah, go down there and notice what he said cry out against it or preach to it and tell it that unless they repent and come back and get right with me, I'm, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to bring judgment down on it. I'm going to bring my wrath down upon it. And Jonah had that kind of a task. But now notice, if you've read or followed me in the reading of the Bible, you find out that Jonah, instead of doing what God said to do, went in the opposite direction. He said, No, God, I'm going to catch me a ship going in the other direction. I'm not going to do that. Now, Jonah, when you've done that, lost a thing. Let me hasten to say to you, friend of mine, you'll never backslide without losing something. You'll never go in the opposite direction and retain the status quo. You'll never go from what God told you to do and remain the same. And may I also say, I don't know about you, but every time in my life when I failed to do what God told me and I found myself in a backslidden condition, I never just run back to God and gained and found myself right where I was when I left. Now, surely God forgave me. I'll tell you a lot of times it took nights of weeping before God. It took days sometimes of staying on my face before God. I want to say this even before I get in the message. There are some things that you can never undo while you're out there in that backsliding condition. You say, God will forgive me. Yes, sir, he'll do that. I'll tell you one thing about it. You will have, you'll maybe do some things while you're backslid that you'll never be able to undo. You'll never get undone. 
And there may be somebody that saw you one hour while you was backslid and said, I'll never get right with God and died the next hour and went to hell. You cannot get that thing straightened out without God. And you'll meet it one day yonder before God. As sure as I make a careful thing, when I think of the damage you could do while you're backslid, a young girl went out and lived a dirty life. Her life was filled with wickedness. She had been saved. She had known the Lord. And she went out and departed from God. While she was out there, she became an expected mother. She became an expected mother. One day before the child was born, she fell down on her knees and said, Oh, God, forgive me. Well, you know God hears a prayer like that. And God forgave her. But you had the child anyhow. There's some things, God bless your heart, that you just can't undo. It'll happen. And there's a price to be paid for backsliding. An old boy, a friend of mine down in Dalton, Georgia, backslid on God, got drunk, laid down one night on a railroad track, and a train came by and cut his arm off while he was there in the hospital. He said one day, while we were visiting, he said, Why, preacher? that I've got right with God, but said my arm will never come back. Let me tell you, friend of mine, you may be in a backslidden condition right now, and you may be the very soul that'll send that poor girl to hell. And let me tell you, one time after the other, you'll never be able to get them out. I don't care how many times you come to the I don't care how many times you get right with God. After you've done that, it's done. After that soul saw you and lost uh, confidence and everybody else and cussed the church and said, I'll never go back and get killed like children in a car wreck, that's done. I know, listen, there's a lot of preachers because we're Baptists and believe in eternal security. They preach backsliding too lightly. Amen. They make it just a little bitty uh, thing. Well, there's not everybody backslides and all of us Baptists believe it. But here stands one Baptist preacher, brother, that believes that a child of God will pay for his backsliding. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I'll live like I please. Yes, and brother, there's a price tag on it. You'll pay it too. Amen. And Jonah said, I'll go the other way. And God said, no, Jonah, I want you to go the way I told you. Now, what did he lose in his backsliding? Number one, he lost his desire to preach the Word of God. He lost that blessed desire. I'll tell you right now, somebody said, oh, listen, preacher. I, I'm a preacher. I'll never lose that desire. I'm going to tell you, I believe a man who gets so far backslid that he'll lose that desire to preach the Word of God. Now, somebody said, how do you know he lost it? If he'd had desire to preach it, he'd have headed down the other way God told him to. Amen? But he lost the desire to preach the message that God said, preach. Now, friend, hear me. If you're sitting here tonight, you're a preacher, and God's got his hand on you and called you to preach. And my friend, God gave you a message to carry to a dying world. I want to tell you right now, you can get so far back slid that you'll say, I'd rather make money than preach. I'd rather be prosperous than preach. I'd rather be liked than preach. I'd rather men would love me than preach. But brother, hear me. I've got one desire tonight, and that's to tell it like it is to men like we are. Oh, God help me to always have that desire to preach. I guess one of the pitifulest men I ever saw in my life is a man that had carried the gospel for years. I mean, listen, he carried it. He carried that word for years. I'd preached revivals for him. I'd preached revivals for him. I'd been in his home. They loved me and I loved them. And one day he fell into a trap of the devil. Evidently lost his desire to preach. Evidently the devil's enticement was more to it. And I don't know about you, but a few other preachers, and I think I do though, but one of the most beautiful sights to any man of God is to stand up and look back over a sea of faces and God say, I'll give you the chance to preach to them. Amen. Amen. And God said, don't you let the old hard faces bother you either. Amen. But that man evidently lost his heart. And he fell into a trap of the devil. He went after uh, one of the opposite sex. One night I was in a revival meeting, and I was there, and I got up to preach and looked over on a pew like this. I suddenly saw this man. I hadn't saw him in years, and I thought to myself, that's him. 
And that's, that's the man. And I preached that night and was intending after service to speak to him and talk to him. And the, the preacher had a previous engagement that he had to rush through that night after service and everybody was leaving. I had to change the wet clothes I had on. He said, now, Brother Ed, when you're finished, said, I've got to leave. He said, I've got to just flip the switch off and pull the door to and it'll lock and that's all you'll have to do. And everybody was gone. I went outside the church after I'd dressed and I heard somebody from the shadows saying, Preacher, Preacher Blue, it's me. It's me. And I looked over in the shadows and he was creeping out. And he said, I've waited until everybody got gone. I don't want to hurt you by them knowing that you know me. He said, now that they've all gone and they won't see me with you, said, you think you and I could just ride around the car a little bit? And I said, yes, we can. And he got in the car and I laid my Bible down between us. He said, can I touch your Bible? I said, well, I just told you won't do. In fact, he took it up in his hands. He said, boy, I sure would like to preach again. Let me tell you something, preachers. You can lose some things in your backsliding. And I'm going to tell you, I know God will forgive you. But I don't believe this old cold-hearted world will ever let you get back where you were. I don't believe they'll ever do it. I don't believe they'll ever do it. You said, I used to be a pastor. Yeah, but I'll tell you right now, there'll be some glaring eyes in that crowd that'll always hold it against you as long as you live. Amen? There's some things that can happen to you that you never can get straightened out. That old boy rode in the night. We rode late in the night. You know, he'd sit there and said, Hey, Ed, you remember when I preached on this? That boy, God bless me. Oh, and I looked over at him. He had my Bible open. Kissing the table. He said, I used to have a Bible like this preacher. I used to have one like this. Boy, he said, I sure would like to preach to you. I sure would like to preach to you. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want to ever lose that desire to preach. Amen. I will always be where when God said, Call there, I say, Amen, Lord, who in? Amen. Brother Ray was talking about the offering a while ago and said, Some of the churches I go in, well, I tell you, I never do pick them out. I never do pick them out. Little or big don't make no difference. The other day I got a call from a little town up next to Wichita Falls, Texas. And the preacher said, Brother Ed, can you come and help me? And I said, I'll be glad to. He said, well, we don't have it around 30 or 40 in Sunday school. Somebody said, that would have changed my mind. If I was backslidden, it would change my mind. Amen. If, it, if I'd have been backslidden, I might have changed my mind. But I got a, a knowing in my soul to head toward Wichita. Amen. I just can't otherwise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just can't otherwise. Jonah, God said, I want you to go down to Nineveh. Suddenly he lost his desire. He said, No, I want to go to the other one. I want to go to the other one. I'll tell you right now, one of the greatest privileges in the world is for the crowd's bigger list. Whether the house is nice or shabby, whether my friend are poor or rich, one of the greatest privileges God ever gave me is to open that book. Hallelujah. And see, oh God, plug you into the main line. <laughs> Woo! And just to know the heaven above is smiling down on you with an innumerable host. Hallelujah. And God just starts that fire to burning and crackling down in your soul. And all of a sudden you look back across the house and hatreds are coming out. Glory to God. And down the aisle comes some old lost sinner. There ain't nothing like that. Hallelujah to God. In the world, there ain't nothing like it. <laughs> mm, lost his desire to preach. Said, no, I'm going the other direction. Oh, God, I appreciate that appointment you give me. I'm going on down there. Glory to God. Amen. Said, now, I know I'm going to have to tell them something they don't like to hear, but I'm going to tell them anyhow. That would have been a real privilege, wouldn't it? Amen. But now I tell you, listen, friend of mine, it indicates to me that when God said, we'll go one way and he goes the other, 
He had lost that desire to feel that appointment. Amen. He had lost that desire to feel that. You know, it's the strangest thing. I'm running for God. A lot of preachers are trying to get out of preaching, but preaching. But I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. I got the preacher's in. And I'm not going to admit I'm behind on my scratching too. I mean, I just got the preach. I love the preach. Amen. I mean, listen. I just love the preach. That may come as a shock to you. But I love the preach. I was home while ago getting ready to come up here. We drove home last night. And I uh, see now, after Tuesday morning, I was going to have a little time off to rest. Going to rest from Tuesday till next Monday. And I was getting ready to come. And way back a hundred years ago, you know, a lot of preachers say, Now, Brother Blue, I want you to pray about coming to me. Well, I want to put you on notice. I've done prayed about it. I've done prayed about it. I prayed about it years ago, and I ain't going to bother the Lord with it no more. Amen. Somebody said, How'd you pray? I said, Lord, everywhere you want me, you open the door. And where you don't want me, you shut the door. Amen. And they ain't no use to be bothering him with that no more. Amen. And I was getting ready to come on up here, and the phone rang. Say, hello, Preacher Blue. And I said, hello. Way down next to Atlanta. He said, what you doing next week? I said, well, I'm off after Monday night. And he said, would you come down Wednesday and start one of me and run her through Friday? I said, it just came on the way to get there. I mean, I got these folks. <laughs> I'm just dying to preach. I to, listen, I'm honest for God. I love to preach. I love to preach. Y'all have said no. I ain't going there. I'm going there. So he had lost his desire to preach the Word of God. Then next of all, he had lost his desire to be where God wanted him to be at. Now that, 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 that's something, folks. You know, a lot of preachers today, if they don't watch out, when that flashy pulpit committee comes in, he'd just stand up preaching and saw that nice automobile go by the front door. Here he is in the little church that they've had to prop up with poles, you know. Amen. Here he stands there, and, and he's afraid to get out on his knees or the hole in the bottom of his shoes. And, and he listens. He's having a kind of rough. And all of a sudden, he sees them fellas come in and sit down. And the devil said, Now, you put them on all today. Amen. <laughs> you let them have a good one today. You don't watch out, brother. You'll, you'll flip back there in the back and get one of them tear jerkers you've got rolled out. Amen? Amen? And before you know it, they're, they're sashaying up to you and said, Now, how much do they pay you here? Well, they pay me a little. Well, we can beat that. We can beat that. And all of a sudden, if you don't watch out, you'll feel a leap. <laughs> Amen? I mean, you'll feel led just all of a sudden. <laughs> Amen? And honest before God, you'll start looking at the baseboard boxes to pack in. I mean, you go tell your wife that you start packing while I pray. Jonah lost his desire to be what God wanted him at. You know, listen to me, folks. And preachers, you tune your ears this way. I don't care if God's got you in the backwoods. I don't care if you've got to beat the possums off of the cinnamon trees so you can get your breakfast. I don't care, bless the Lord, oh my soul, if you're maybe having to work a little on the side and do what God wants you. If I told God wants you at you, I mean, just <laughs> go over that God sometimes. The devil said, now listen, preacher blue, you've got 20 years experience in pastoring. Why don't you just put out the word that you're ready to go back to the pastoral ministry again? Just here, tell a few preachers now, if you hear of anybody that's needing a good pastor, you might pray about it. But all of a sudden, God taps on my door and said, yeah. And I said, yes, Lord. He said, you're where I want you at, boy. You're where I want you at. You stay there. Hallelujah. Glory to God, oh, my soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, you sit now, Ed. They can do better by me over yonder. Now, I want to go on record as saying that every church, every church, ought to do their very, very best for their preacher. That is, if he's laying it down like it is to men like they are, they ought to stand by and support him. I mean, standing there with him, hallelujah, give him what he needs to do the job with. But let me tell you something, preacher. If they can't do that, and God's got you digging ditches on the side to do that job he sits there, you too, 
stay there. Hallelujah. Paul told that young preacher, he said, there's a bunch of slow bellies over there, boy. But he said, you stay encouraged. Amen. He said, they're slow bellies. Amen. And some of you looking at me just as if to say, what's a slow belly? I'm going to let you find out yourself. Amen. Paul said, you stay over there with him. You stay right there with him, boy. It's difficult sometimes to stay in Crete, isn't it? Amen. I guarantee you when them old heifers start raising up and... All of a sudden, them old fellas, their hand shakes the feels like they've dipped their hand down the bucket of lard or something. Watch old Fred Wilson. He knows what I'm talking about. That red-headed rascal's been there, amen. 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 And I'll tell you right now, when you uh, go in one of them deacons' meetings and you say, Brethren, we need to build some more. And that fellow gets up milk in that sanctimonious sin and say, Now, now, brother, I said, uh, I think we ought to table that till next month. But all of a sudden, you start looking for pasteboard boxes. Amen. It's not easy to stay there. I'll tell you right now, one of the greatest blessings in the world Press that pillar at night. Hear God's thunder in your ear. Before I want you, that boy. <laughs> ah, you say, God, I don't understand that. And God said, That's all right, son. I know what I'm doing. Amen. You just go ahead. Jonah lost his desire to be where God wanted him at. Amen. Miss Blue said. You know, we thought we were going to have, have a week, you know. I could be at home with my family. That phone rang. She said, Brother, I, I won't get to be with you. But you know what she said? She said, I understand. You go ahead. Glory to God. You know what she knows? You know what my wife knows? She knows the will of God to have preacher husband, amen. Hallelujah. Lord of God, keeps my clothes ready. Keeps my handkerchief washed and my clothes ready to go. You said, Why does God want me at? Well, let me tell you right now, if you don't know that, you're in a pickle. Amen. If you're wanting me to take it, man, you're messed up short up. Oh, Clarence definitely. I imagine the devil said, now you could beat this. Down there, them little old snotty-nosed young ones, you know. Not his, but they've been outcast on the world. I'll tell you right now, when they mash their fingers, here they all come to him. When they need happen, here they come to him. I imagine the devil said, Clarence, Lord God, you, you, you're, you're the messed up as fellow I've ever seen in the world. I'll tell you right now, why don't you get out of here? But you know why old Clarence just grins and goes on like he's got good sense? Because he knows he's where God wants him. Hallelujah. <laughs> we was going over to old Bill's other night. Me and the wife had a, a night off, and I said, let's go up there. And we was wandering around through them hills, and the wife said, how in the world did he ever get back in here? How did he get back in here? But you know what? There he is, back over on the backside of nowhere, just happy as he can be, because he's where God wants him at. Amen. Listen, when the man hears me tonight, if you want God, watch you, stay there. Now, some of you Sunday school teachers, you've started whining here lately. You're whining, your class, it isn't growing like you want it to, and your little feelings are hurt. Amen. The preacher hadn't told you over a half a dozen times last week how he appreciates you being in there. Amen. And you, the devil's told you they just got you in there babysitting. Why don't you move out to that other church over? That preacher promised you if you'd come, he'd give you the Bible class. Amen. <laughs> Lord God, on the side, he'd let you be the janitor. I don't care what you think. If there are just three little old boys in there, that's where God wants you at. You stay in there. Because them three little old boys may be three of the greatest missionaries and preachers that God's ever had since Paul was 
here. Amen. Just stay there. Hallelujah. Amen. I think I want one of these tapes too. Amen. Hello. Glory to God. This is worth four dollars. Amen. Why, folks, tell me tonight, you might as well find it out. You're backslid when you don't want to be where God wants you at. Amen. You're backslid. You're not going to backslide. You've already done it. You've already done it. Well, hallelujah. I'm plugged in again tonight. God's got the power on. Amen. Hallelujah. Why, somebody said now they'd appreciate me more up there. I never will forget years ago. I never will forget this as long as I draw breath. I had a radio broadcast on down in Florida. Been on there for a while. And, uh, well, uh, I'd been up in Chicago in a revival. Then uh, one day, why, they'd call me to come back up there again in a meeting. And I went back up there. The wife had come to meet me at the airport to bring me to the house, you know. We got to the door and the phone was a ring. I ran in and answered it and saw the Monday and said, this preacher boy, and I said, this him. And they said, we want you to come to Florida to pastor our church. Well, that's what they wanted with me in Illinois. They said, now, they showed me their big, beautiful pastor and their nice church, told me about the salary. Man, they'd made it a trap. And they said, we want you up here. I said, I'll pray about it and let you know. And when I got home that morning, the phone was ringing. They said, come to Florida and pastor us. I said, well, what's the name of your church? They said, we ain't got one. Said, we just want you to come and stop. Said, we've got an old building over here. We've got to pack up the floor. Part of the windows are out. We can't pay you nothing, hardly. But said, we feel like God will The devil said, now that's stupid. Said, why, up you on noise, they really got you fixed up. And I said, boy, that, that's true. They sure have. <laughs> now, don't sit there, you nut, and act like you wouldn't have said the same thing. Amen. Now, you'd have done the same thing. Right, Cooney? Why, well, you might have heard say that. Amen. And I said, man, that's a nice house they got up there. He's got two bathrooms, too. And you said, well, now, Brother Blue, I tell you right now, I believe the Lord expects you to look out for your family. Hold it. Hold it. You better watch. You'll show your interest to me. I tell you what, Fred, I, I said, I'll pray about it. He said, well, let us know as soon as you can. And I got off and started praying. I said, Lord, now where do you want me? And I reminded the Lord they had a nice house in Chicago. <laughs> like he didn't know. <laughs> he said, stupid. I mean, that's just downright dumb. Amen. I said, now, Lord, it's a dandy, boy. I mean, and Lord, you ought to see that church. Now that I think back on it, I wonder if he even knows this thing. I told him all about that, and you know what? He didn't pay me a bit of attention. Acted just like he wasn't listening. <laughs> and I prayed the next day, and he was even farther away that time than he was the day before. And I said, hey, Lord, it's got a nice house. And all of a sudden, he turned around and said, I want you in Florida. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I called them in Illinois. They said, we done voted you in. I said, you can undo it, boys. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to move this and there. We'll forget that first Sunday down there. Eleven in Sunday school. Old building, Lord, that's the shaggiest looking thing. I look over one place and forgot to sweeten an old snake and change clothes in there. <laughs> Crawled out of his hide and just left him laying over there. Amen. Amen. Got a little warm and then the old wasper started flying and buzzing around, you know. That Ray quit laughing. Still, the thing's making fun of me. Amen. And I tell you, I looked at them old shabby buildings now. One old winter hopper jawed like that all cocked up and the old glasses broke out and they pasted some pasteboard over it. The awkwardest looking altar you ever looked at in your life. I'm honest, folks. It would have weighed 200 pounds. They'd made out a two by something. I don't know what they'd made out of. And they had a preacher's chair and made out of what was left over out of the altar. And they're as proud of that thing as they could be. And they said, there's a cheer preacher. 
And you know what, folks? I crawled up in that old pulpit, and an old ex-Catholic had made it. Said, that's, that's what you get up on a pound on. And I got up in that pulpit. I opened my Bible. And I put his arm around me and said, you know what I want you, boy? <laughs> I walked through hell, but oh, hallelujah, all the hell I walked through, every time I prayed, God said, you're where I want that boy. Jonah lost his desire to be where God wanted him at. I want to be there so God calls me home. Amen. Brother Ray, you, you listen. I believe in all my heart. You're what God wants. I believe that. I'm on this about the day they asked me if I knew a preacher that I could recommend. I said, Ray Gears. And I take that as a glorious privilege. God gave me that. I felt like God brought him here, and I know God did want him. But I'll tell you right now, you'll be a happy man as long as you stay here where God wants you. But when you get out of the place where God don't want you, you're in for mercy. Amen. Alka-Seltzers won't help you. I mean, Aspers won't do you no good. Everything around you go to the pot. Brother, you've got to be where God wants you at. Amen. Is it just a little old Sunday school class? I was down the Bahama Islands in a revival. Down there in the, in the islands. Black people. Bless their hearts. They're poor. And they're, they're listen, they don't have many things. They're worldly good. The last time I saw that preacher, he was down there with him. He's a big old healthy ex-policeman out of Jacksonville, Florida. When the plane landed, I looked out and saw a man. His shoulders were a little bent and crippled and couldn't hardly walk. And his hair was white now. We stayed down there with him in a revival and found out he's got bad heart trouble. Found out his health's bad. People was calling and writing him and trying to get him to come back to the state. To, get a, uh, to do what he could for his body and take care of himself. This dear mother called him and said, Kenny, come home. And one day he and I was out and I was talking to him. And I said, Brother Kenny, you think you'll ever come back to the States? And I looked down and a little old black boy had him around one leg. Little old bitty kinky-headed Negro girl had him around the other leg. Looking up at him, that old preacher looked down Patted him on the head, and he said, I'm where God wants me at. Amen. I'm where God wants me at. That's the only place you ever have victory is where God wants you at. Amen. Don't you measure it by how much you're making either. I guarantee you, don't you ever look at that. Brother, you just be content. Paul said, I've learned. That means you had to study on it and be taught some. He said, I'd learn whatever state I'm in just to be content. That takes a lot of doing sometimes, don't it, All right? Now, some of you are enduring this message rather than enjoy it. I think two of you preachers are trying to find a reason for leaving where you're at. Amen? You could have told God two or three why you wanted to leave, couldn't you? Amen? But next of all... He not only lost his desire to preach the Word of God and desire to be where God wanted him, he lost his desire to push. I want to tell you right now, it's one of the awfulest things that ever happened to anybody. I want to tell you, friend of mine, let me ask you something. Let me tell you something, and I'll tell you something that's worse than this. Did you ever get out on your knees and try to pray and couldn't pray? How many ever done that? Let me see you read. I mean, read it, try to pray and feel like heaven was froze over. Huh? Isn't that the awfulest feeling in the world? I mean, you're nearly choked to death. But let me tell you something worse than that. It's when suddenly it dawns on you one day you've lost your desire to pray. Somebody said, how do you know he lost his desire to pray? He was asleep. He was asleep. He went down. Instead of going up, went down there on the bottom and went to sleep. Amen. And you know who had to wake him up? The world. That's right, people that didn't even believe in his God, believed in God. Amen. Plural. Amen. They said, Oh, the man called his God. Amen. Had to be woke up by the world. If you'd have been awake, brother, he'd have saw the need to pray before they did. 
But you know the world, my friend, in some cases is wiser than we are. Amen. Somebody said, what are you talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Did you know the world can spot a phony and a counterfeit every time? And a lot of times at church it takes them for years. They'll say, well, boy, I sure was surprised to you. The world can say, I could have told you all the time. He's just like we are. Amen. Amen. It's amazing sometimes how dumb we are. But Jonah had lost his desire to pray. Can you think of anything sweeter than talking to God? Can you think of any greater times you've ever had in your life than when you got, I'm not, listen now, I'm not talking about that little homemade prayer you wore it out and it's a good thing you had it, thing stunk all the time in your head. I'm not talking about that little prayer. I'm talking about that prayer where you get out before God and think nothing but just groans coming down into you. Oh, and your soul feels like it's about to be crushed. And all of a sudden, we use one of Brother Ray's expressions. He said, when you all of a sudden just feel like you can reach up and get a hope. Huh? I'll tell you right then, brother. There ain't no sweeter time than that right there. When you can pray. Remember that old song they used to sing? Pray until you pray. A lot of this so-called praying, the reason God don't answer, it's not praying. Amen? It's filled with self-desire. It's filled with our own lust and desire, James said, that we might consume it upon our own lust. Amen? It's, uh, it's seized with and filled with. God, take care of that sinner. I mean, Lord, show him this. And Lord, bring him down. Brother, let me tell you something right now. God never hears prayers like that. Oh, I went home the other day for a little while and there's some woods. I, I live, listen, some of you folks think you live in the country. Where I live makes you think you live downtown New York. That's where I live. I mean, I live at the end of the road, don't you? I mean, out in the woods. And I'm like, I wouldn't swap with you at all. But I said, Lord, I just, I want to talk to you. And I went way on down in the woods, found me one of them old uh, spruce pines, them limbs just all around, and I stood in my head back up.
You know what's wrong with the church today? Quit praying. We say we're going to have Wednesday night prayer meeting, and we'll do good if we have two prayers. And they'll almost puke in that. We'll have about two prayers. You folks know Ed Leslie. Hmm? Oh, God, who don't? You'll go to church sometimes. They'll sing one and pray one. I believe they sung 50 songs and have 50 prayers. For every time they're singing. I mean, that's the thing. Somebody say, what's the matter with that child? Not enough praying for all around me. We're trying to figure things out. We're saying, now let's see if we can figure this, this out. I believe we can do it this way. But I think God already had it figured out if you asked him about it. Huh? And you say, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to get old Dr. Bottlestopper's book and see if I can find out what's wrong with our church. Well, God's already got a book in print if you just pick it up and read about it. Amen? <laughs> Amen. It's been out for years, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God the light. Amen. You had to turn it over yet, son? All right, just stay with me then. He lost his desire to pray. Amen. The folks that will get this tape of the young man taping her, hallelujah, and I have to give him time to turn her over, all right? He lost his desire to pray. And next of all, he did lost his desire for uh, my friends to, to be identified with the people of God. Somebody said, what are you talking? Have you ever saw as many people today falling out with his church? Hey, where you go, folks? Trust me, sir. Isn't that the saddest thing you ever saw in your life? Well, I'll tell you right now, I ain't got no blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you right now, they won't do it like I want to. Blah, 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 blah. Somebody on the box goes, y'all. And if you'll come on up here, I'll do it right now. I'll swap a knot on your head, my friend, if that's crime ladder is crap. Amen. I think so too, Brother Dick. Folks, you want to trust the church if it will, but Christ purchased it with his own blood. Now, I want to be identified with you. Some folks said, oh, I'll tell you right now, I want to get saved and baptized, I don't want to get in the church. Something's wrong with you right there. Now, I guarantee you right now, you're going to look for me to get somebody to baptize you. If you've got something in the church, you ain't ready to be baptized no how. Amen? You're in no condition to get baptized. The most beautiful, precious thing in this world. Precious thing in this world. Yes, Amen. I know she's got a few wrinkles in her now, but God's going to earn him out. <laughs> Amen? I know, bless your heart, that there may be a few things wrong with her, but you let God take care of that. Amen? But you said he don't preach like I want him to. Well, God help, I'm glad you don't. When you find a man that will preach like you want him to, well, let me know so I can get away from him. Amen? I don't want to be around him. I don't want to do that. But I guarantee you he lost his desire to be identified with the people of God. Oh, listen to the One of these days, hallelujah, he's coming to get Amen. And I'm glad I'm going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. She's walked through the valley. She's been through hell. I'll tell you one thing about her. Glory to God. One of these days, my blessed loving Lord is going to step out and say, Come on, fire! And you just might as well say goodbye to me right there. Amen. I told you about the fellow that told me I didn't believe in the second coming no more. He said, Oh, brother, we don't believe in the second coming no more. So I said, I do too. He said, no, you don't believe in the second coming no more. I said, well, what makes you think that? He said, aren't you booking revivals in 1976 and 77 and 78? I said, that's still right. Why? He said, if you believe the Lord is coming back, you won't be booking meetings away. He said, well, what the Lord is going to do with meetings? You got booked and the Lord comes back. I said, I'll give them to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I guess he shut his mouth, amen. Yes, he's coming back. And you know what he's coming after? The church. 
the blood washed crack, the born again, the saved. Amen. I want to tell you something right now. With all of the faults, with all of the failings, with all of the wrinkles, spots, and blemishes, I'm glad I'm in it. I'm glad I'm in it. Glory to God. One day he's going to iron out all the wrinkles. He's going to get rid of, rid of all the spots. Glory to God, there's going to be a man. Hallelujah. I'm going to be there at that night. Glory to God. I'll tell you right now, when you hear me, somebody said, what is the church today? I believe the church is standing free to the faith that was once delivered under the sun. I believe that's his church, don't you? I believe she's being shot at by the modernists, by the liberalists, by every crowd in the world. But I believe the real church still preaches the blood, the book, and the blessed hope. Amen. Amen. And if you're not in a church like that, shame on you anyhow. You ought to get up. Didn't let me hurry. I'll tell you right now. He lost his desire to be identified. They said, what people are they? The next of all, he lost his desire to get right with God. Uh-oh. I'm going to stir up some controversy right here. And I'm right, and if you don't believe me, you're wrong. Just that in fact. You say, what do you mean? God said, I'll deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the place. Amen. You said that Jonah was down there in that uh, belly of that whale alive. Uh-oh. He can't be a picture of a ba- dead, buried, and resurrected Christ then. Amen. And Jesus, the Bible said, as Jonah was. Three days. Brother Jesus Christ went in there. He, he was dead. Amen. So you got here too late to try to pervert the scriptures, friends. Somebody had finally it through. He'd come to a place in his life that he had never died and been right with God. How do you know? He said, slow me over. Look, I was another little piece of doctrine of yours that I may tear all the pieces through. I don't believe that God preordained and predestined Jonah for that old fish. I believe he could have got down on his knees and prayed and God would deliver the outfit. Amen. But he'd come to the place and said, throw me over. Come to the place and said, I'd rather die than to go down yonder and put He'd come to the place and said, just get me up and throw me over. Some of you right now have become so bitter at everybody. Some of you right now are picking up the church. You're trying to find something wrong. You've come to the place you're bitter. You're hateful with your handshakes as cold as crowds. You're just ill and hateful. Nobody does nothing to suit you. The color of the carpet's not right. You never have like in song books. And if you couldn't beat that organ player, that's what you say. Or that piano player, I could beat her playing anything you say. You've got that bitter in life. You know what you're ready for? God to kill you. If he wanted me to help him out, I'd help him out. Amen. Friend, when you get that bitter, God will take you out of here. Amen. When you get so Pharisees that everything's got to be shot every eye, just cross every teeth, like you say something wrong. Amen. Oh. When you become the place that so built. Have you got to bitter? You said, I ain't going back to church no more. I got a couple on that. I'm looking right at them when they flinch. Have you got to the place you said, well, when they call another preacher down there, I'll start back again? Have you got to the place you say, I'll tell you right now, all that preacher preaches. He, I don't preach, he don't preach like I want him to. He says too much about 
shorts and, and women wearing pants. And he says too much about men wearing long. I don't like anymore. You know what? Don't you tell me my friend, you're a Christian. You may be saved, but I guarantee you've got too bitter to be a Christian. My friend, if the preacher's preaching it out of a book, you just got one verse for it. That's enough. If God takes you all apart, you better stay there and listen at it. Amen. Don't accept Tommy Oliver! I promise you one thing, friend. Little old boy down in Dallas, Texas, I said, I, I didn't approve of men wearing long hair. I didn't then, I don't now. That little thug walked up to me at service and said, well, <laughs> said, it's just in there one time. I grabbed that little outlaw by the shoulder and shook it, the thigh balls rattled and said, nut, how many times do you want it to be in there? When God says it one time, ignorance, that's enough. That's all. That's enough of it. After he got his head screwed back on his shoulders, it walked away with his mouth shut. Amen. He said, I'd rather die than conform to the will of God. But ain't it going down there? Just throw me on. They don't have any prayer meeting around them. There are some folks in the back street, they don't care how many times you pray here. They don't care what you do. If you read Bill, if you went back out there, some odd nature say there, some folks say, Well, I'll tell you right now, it won't seem right to have the more than that new bill. I won't see you out there that I've said on for years. I don't like these old upholster kids. That old red carpet. And that amazes them white shoes on. You silly thing. As they went to tuck you right back outside and set you down where you stuck your chewing gum last Sunday, you wouldn't like it, amen? I want to throw you on over, Amen. Well, you said, Mama, Daddy went out there. Oh, God. It ain't like a home to You're sick, you know that. You were just worshiping the building anyhow. I tell you, friend of mine, listen, you've lost your identity with a real thing. When a man starts being identified more with a building than he does the work of God, he's backslid in your hand. Grab it! Grab it! God bless your heart. I believe with all my soul we ought to stay old-fashioned and fundamentally sound. But I believe, my friend, that if God's house had carpet and you marred down in that you need, if that changed your spiritual approach to God, you didn't have a real thing, no man. Amen. Amen. A lot of folks. I remember one church that had that man talking about building some inside bathrooms. The man said, we never have had you before. That's a silly statement. If we had had, why would it go to build Amen. Some folks think they still got to have outside plumbing. Dare not have no air conditioner. And if you put a piece of carpet on the poor man, you've really gone modern. See, you wasn't in identified with God and the work of God. No, how? You were just an old fogey. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I'd like to not have had enough cord to get in there. Amen. All right. He lost his desire to be identified, and then he lost his desire to get round with God. That's come out. Let me ask you something. You the back seat tonight you haven't prayed in a month. Come on, folks, to the entrance. Now, you know, listen, I said last night, and I'm going to say again. I, may, I hope I can get a few of you straightened out. I hope I can, anyhow. But, folks, the one thing that's needed in our country today in our church is to have some old-fashioned Bible conferences. You said revival, revival. Oh, I, I grant you, I'd like to see a thousand saved, 
Now, I guarantee you, ask the Bible conference and get that church full of the Word of God and keep pouring it on them. When that series of meetings is over, brother, you'll have a revival. I'm convinced with all my heart today my job is an evangelist to get in there and serve the church. I'm going to preach you the word. Hallelujah. Lost his God. I want every head bowed, I want every eye closed.